Welcome to Inner Bloom, a podcast about spirituality and intuitive empowerment where we help each other evolve and ascend through conscious community. I'm Alexa, a healer who utilizes EFT, also known as tapping, to help you process stuck emotions, release limiting beliefs, and reconnect with your inner child. I'm Ambrosia, a psychic medium and Arcturian channel, here to uplift and inspire you to see that you are capable of more than you know. Together, we empower people to live extraordinary lives. We do want to warn you, if you hang out with us long enough, you'll start to believe in yourself and realize that you're capable of anything. Enjoy Enjoy the the show. show. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back once again to Inner Bloom Podcast. I'm Alexa. I'm Ambrosia. Hi, everybody. And we are so excited to be joined today by Julie Jancis, the angel medium and host of the number 10 spiritual podcast, Angels and Awakening. Julie is a world-renowned angel expert on a mission to teach you how to connect with your angels and loved ones on the other side in order to make living heaven on earth. So cute. Welcome, Julie. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. It's such a blessing to be here. We're so excited to have you. We were talking offline about how we were like, our audience lo- like is is um, thirsty for this type of content, loves yeah. angels. And we really haven't had any, have we, Ambie, had anyone really on to ever talk about angels? Not like in a long, 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 long time. Yeah. So we're really, really excited and excited to get to know you and your story. So since this is your first time on the podcast, would love if you could share a little bit about your background, your story, how you came to be the angel expert. Yeah. So always have been a spiritual person, even since I was a kid. And as many intuitives, mediums, um, angel readers will say, um, have had these gifts since I was little. But, you know, I think what happens with all of us is that we just see it as something that everybody has, right? Like if I have this, everybody has the same thing. And it's not till you get to a point in your adulthood when you realize, oh, maybe not everybody does have this. Um, And you kind of awaken to that within yourself. And so that's what happened for me when I was 33. Funny enough, throughout my teens and 20s, always knew that I would like write a book. Um, and I was so eager to write that book, right? Like, Spirit, God, just give me the topic. Like, I will get to work for you. And I kept hearing, You have to wait until you're 33. You have to wait until you're 33. So, unfortunately, I took that to mean like, kind of packing away everything, just enjoying life. And I wish I would have studied more, gone to more retreats and kept learning during that time. Um, But then sure enough, on my 33rd year, everything just fell into place. Oh, that's amazing. I love that so much. Did anything typically or not typically, but sometimes people have like a near-death experience or they have like someone close to them pass or something like that. Did anything happen around that time for you? Or did you just know like, this is what I'm supposed to do now? 
No. So my dad passed away and he and I were very, very close growing up. There's so many different parts of us that are just so similar. The one thing that we disagreed on is he was like a serial cheater, like just constantly cheating on anybody that he was with, caught him cheating on my mom in third grade, again in fifth grade. Then they divorced and he went on to have multiple other marriages. Well, we, we would try to reconnect, right? Like in my 20s and I'd go out by him and he'd be introducing me to his girlfriend at dinner. And then at night he's on the phone with another woman. And I'm like, dad, like I can't lie for you. I can't do this. So I held a very strong moral bounds with him and um, kind of really wanted him to fit into my own moral box, right? Right. Or just be who I needed him to be as a dad. And um, wasn't holding space for his human journey and just Mm. who he needed to be here. So that that love, though, doesn't go away. I mean, you still have so much love for your parent. So he passed August 5th of 2015 and I had a preschooler at the time I don't know if you know what it's like to try and comb a preschooler's hair it is not a fun experience (laughs) in the morning Um, but every single morning as I'm trying to comb her hair I keep hearing this internal dialogue my own thought system within me repeat over and over again she needs a hairbrush like I used she needs a hairbrush like I used and it clicked. This is the first time that I became the observer of my thoughts instead of thinking that my thoughts were me. So it clicked within me. This isn't me. And then it Mm -hmm. scared me, right? Like, okay, if this isn't me, I must be going crazy. What is happening to me? Um, I can't tell my husband. I can't tell my mom. I don't want to get locked up for this. Um, So I kept it to myself and it didn't stop all month long. She needs a hairbrush like I used. And I'm also thinking to myself, this big paddle brush is the only type of hairbrush I've ever used. It wasn't, but I didn't remember that at the time. So fast forward an entire month, about September 5th, 2015, a family member keeps calling over and over again. And she goes, dad's passed. And I immediately, out of my third eye, see this vision of my dad combing my hair as a little girl before school, and he's using his hairbrush that he used religiously, um, wooden handlebar, boar's bristles, and it blurted out of my mouth like I couldn't control the words my dad's been talking to me. So my coworker that I'm in front of in this moment um, says, you have to figure this out, right? Like, like I want to know how you know how to do this or like what is happening. So I start studying. She's like, I will find teachers for you to go work with. <laughs> so she's like, there's this person out in California. There's a person on the East Coast. I end up working with both of them. And a nice coworker. 
Yes, she was amazing. Um, and immediately when I eventually got into my energy healing training, as soon as I would lay hands on a person, um, the very first time I worked on a volunteer, I had to like call over my teacher because you're supposed to be silent during energy healing, right? Mm-hmm. As the practitioner. And here is angels and loved ones on the other side. And for this very first volunteer, there's this young man on the other side and he keeps showing me this white car hitting a tree. Um, I never bring through anything negative. It's always loving, positive information. But it turned out that this man that I was working on as a volunteer had been in this car accident with his teenage friend. The friend passed away and he needed the healing messages that were coming through in order to release the burden from his own heart, in order to release the guilt that he had felt for decades and to see this grown man on the table just pouring out tears and feeling very palpably at the same time all of this heavy emotion vibration lift off of him and bring Mm -hmm. him back into a, a vibration of peace and ease was incredible and so my teacher was like talk whenever you need to talk. (laughs) (laughs) Did she recognize at that point that like you had more gifts than, you know, energy alone? Yeah. And she tested them very intensely. She would um, put me in different situations. She would ask me things about her own life. She would um, test me in a, a bunch of different ways, which was really fun. Yeah. And when yeah. you when you said all these like angels were coming through, were you seeing them? Like were you seeing them in your third eye? Were you seeing them physically? Were you just getting a sense they were there? Like how are you experiencing them? And what did they look like? Yes. A hundred percent. So like if I am working on someone or if I'm on a Zoom call session with someone, um, you know, the shape of a rainbow or horseshoe, like that half circle. Mm -hmm. So around your head, starting from one shoulder going like very far around in this U, there is what I call your spirit teams. So angels, guides and loved ones. I primarily work with angels and loved ones on the other side. They're all there within this U-shaped circle. And I will ask your spirit team at the very beginning of the session who's there and who wants to talk. And very clearly, beings, uh, loved ones or angels step forward, make themselves known, what they want to talk about known, and then they step back into the circle. Um, Mm. You asked what angels look like. Sometimes you can see them. Um, I see them as, I, I really feel them more. Their presence is very, very high vibrational. Um, Loved ones, I see more their presence because they're going to show you a bit of their physical appearance, what they look like in order to identify who exactly is there. But Mm -hmm. the angels have a very um, high vibrational oneness, godlike, um, godlike in that it's the same vibration as God, right? Because angels are direct beings of God's energy, just like we are, our souls are, that move out to do God's work. Um, and so that's how I kind of see them. 
And what's the, real quick, and what's the difference between, I mean, you kind of just tapped into it a little bit, but what is the difference between, like, a loved one in spirit slash, like, a, a spirit guide, right, and angels? Like, how, can they be the, can an angel be a spirit guide? Um, are they completely separate beings? How does, are angels, like, um, like, pre, you know how we have, like, uh, like, the archangels, right? Are those yeah. the type of angels we're talking about or – yeah, just curious about like how those are delineated. Yeah, so I often find that the angels themselves, and I wrote a whole book on it called Angels and Awakening, um, they really each have their own unique purpose, their own responsibilities of how they are working with us. And they're always guiding us. So Archangel Michael, a lot of times, will help you work through the thoughts within your head. A lot of us, in order to come into spiritual awakening, have to step out of this subconscious egoic mind thinking that we've been, you know, um, in prime primarily our entire lives and step into our intuition. The seraphim come in because the world is shifting and they can continue to say all hands are needed on deck. If you're here right now, you have purpose to help or serve in some way. Um, Archangel Gabrielle comes in. Her purpose is to remind us that half of our purpose is servitude, right? Helping and humanity in some way. Half of it, though, is our joy. And really, a lot of us are not enjoying this life mm. to the capacity that we could be. Um, Archangel Raziel comes in a lot of times because we have so much fear, right, of the mm. next step. And we don't enjoy the mystery of life. And so he shows us a lot of times a puzzle, like the puzzle pieces. You don't have them all just yet. You're going to have them. Hold on. You can continue doing this. Our angels a lot of times are cheerleaders, but in very specific areas of our lives. So when you know, oh, this is how Archangel Michael works with us or the seraphim work with us, and this is what is being shown to you during your day as you see angel numbers, then you go, right. okay, the seraphim are here. They're trying to say this. Um, and our loved ones as well are guides. It's hard for our human mind to wrap around the fact that we have had thousands upon thousands, if not more, lifetimes, right? We're, our souls do not die. They were never, you know, started from scratch at a beginning. They've always been. And because of that, we have such a bigger soul family that we've lived lives with than you could possibly fathom. And I know that a lot of people talk about guides in a way where our souls are trying to step up to a higher level and these guides have been through that. Um, I see that and I see where that could be truth. I don't have guides coming in that are just guides. I can always connect them to a past life you've lived in. So mm -hmm. so there's family there and and a lot of soul family that we're working with on the other side as well. That's amazing. Do you see any do you connect with like any other types of like deities or goddesses or anything like that? Or is it 
the specific like archangels? Yeah. So the archangels are different from the seraphim. The Uh seraphim come from a different realm on the other side. And what they show me is that um, beauty as we think of beauty is not how they define beauty. Beauty is actually an emotion, a vibration um, that we can come into that is almost the greatest joy that is and where they are on the other side the seraphim say that there are beings um, that are seraphim who were tapped and asked to come to earth so in my book i talk about in the part about the seraphim how when I'm doing energy healing on some folks in their back, you can actually feel wings and they are earth angels here sent from the seraphim order to um, really help shift humanity to a higher level. In the same way, the cherub angels are a completely different angelic energy form that are separate from the archangels what the cherubs do is a lot of us think of them like the baby angels right if you've ever seen that yeah yeah they're a lot smaller than that they're almost like what i think some people think of as like sprites or fairies more so um like the tiniest pieces of matter that we can't even see the air in front of us every cell within our physical body what the cherubs do is keep all of the energy within us our chakras our auric field open to god's vibration at all Mm -hmm. times so there isn't a time in your life where you could be going through life and not be able to connect back to god universe source does that make sense Mm mm-hmm yeah. 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 Wow. That's really fascinating because, I mean, it's like we talk about extra, like the different types of like star family here sometimes or extraterrestrials or, you know, all these different. And within that, there's always so many subsects, but I never really w- thought about angels having all these different subsects, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's really, really fascinating. And I really want to get into um, kind of what the angels are wanting to communicate and how they're wanting to connect with us. But I do have a question. How do they, um, do they, if an angel is trying to get your attention, for example, is there a way that they like physically will um, manifest like a flash of light or something like that? Um, Or do they not typically do that? They will different for each person. Um, So, it's not just one thing. It's all the things. Like they will use all of their resources to get a hold of your attention. So very early on when I was doing this work, maybe about a year into it, I had this woman, Jody, come in. And she came in for a session and her and I have become good friends afterwards. But I have her laying on the massage table. And this was back in like 1990, uh, no, sorry. 2016 or 2017 remember back then when youtube was the place to be and you just had like one setup for youtube so i got Mm -hmm. this really big chair with this big back and i had like the camera set up and these lights set up and i had just set up this youtube station 
So Jody comes in for his, her session. I am working in the same room. So on it's a larger room. On one side is the massage table. On other other side is the YouTube station. And literally my chin as I'm working on her begins to move. And I feel pressure. I feel like gently fingers are on my chin and my chin is beginning to move. And they continue to have me look over at this YouTube station that I've created. And I'm like, I don't know what you're trying to say. You got to be more clear on what it is that you want me to say. And they didn't say anything else. They just kept pushing my chin. Every time I return my face to look at Jody, um, they'd push it back over to look at the YouTube setup. So finally I go, Jody, what do you do with YouTube? And she goes, oh, I just got into podcasting. I started my own podcast. And Spirit goes, that's it. I couldn't have gotten to the word podcast. I didn't know what a podcast was at the time, mm. right? Yeah, yeah. So they couldn't have brought through more information, but they were using everything that they could to get me to say or ask that specific question. And yeah. as soon as they did, Jody and I got into this big conversation after her session. She came over. We started to go out to lunch. She gave me my very first microphone. I started the podcast in 2019. And um, it was all because of that initial like push from spirit. Mm. Literally push. Yeah. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. That's, That's fun. Um, so yeah, let's get into like so I, I've, I've seen a couple of your Instagram lives or reels and such, and I know you've been kind of commenting or sharing messages from the angels, especially with all of this transition that we're going through right now. Yeah. So what are the angels like saying about this time that we're in right now? What is their perspective on things? There's a lot that they have to say about this. Um, so – one thing is the pendulum that like when I go into meditation and talk to them about this almost every time the very first thing that I see is like a pendulum swinging and that it is going to continue to swing very very vastly right mm -hmm. in both directions um I was a history major and uh, studied that point in American history where we had McCarthyism. Remember that? How McCarthy kind of went on a witch hunt around the country <laughs> to um, bring communists out, you know, from the woodwork. And it really, it was just such bullshit, right? Can I say that? Oh, yeah. oh yeah, you can curse. Okay. Um, just such bullshit, right? And it's just a very few percentage of people who are so radical, who are so um, judgmental, who are so opinionated, who are not willing to be open to the collective rising to their own personal growth. I don't see any soul as being better than another soul, but I do believe that there are souls on earth that are more awakened than others. Um, and I don't see it as our like role for those who are awakened to be judgmental of any other soul here. But it's also at the same time not our job to be doormats and just allow 
all of this radicalism to be pushed onto us. And so we're trying to find ways, um, all of us as a collective humankind, to step into the work of Dr. Martin Luther King in like peaceful activism of Mahatma Gandhi um, and all of these great leaders who showed us how to be activists with love. And and that's really the role of everyone right now. We have to be kind of doing our own little part. This is compounded by how exhausted we all are, how many layers of just complete junk are on us from the last, you know, three years of going through COVID together. And we're all exhausted. So how do we balance or not even balance, but how do we just put all of these things into a blender and come up with something that's actually going to help? Um, I'm trying to stay really, really positive as a history major, though, and kind of bringing through what the angels are saying, I just don't want it to get to a point. Because if all of us are lackadaisical, right, or lackadaisical or whatever that word is, and we're not taking action and we're not doing, we're choosing that, right? Like we're choosing that. And what I feel is that it's going to come to a boiling point where we're going to have to come back to an equilibrium energy and i don't want that to have to come through like a world war three or you know like there's so much tension yeah yeah i think that's the that's the um for lack of a better word issue yeah. that I see with just doing things that make you happy, right? Like that's that's the only problem right now in this spiritual community, I feel like, is a lot of people don't want to see the discomfort and they don't want to see like, they don't want to feel that, that conflict. But I also feel like that's a part of being human at this time is feeling that conflict and feeling like, okay, something has to be done. Like you said, we can't take a lackadaisical approach. We can't just let this pass by. It's not about um, avoiding conflict. It's about having um, a positive outcome towards the conflict. So I think that's a really good point that you bring up. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's hard. It's hard. I don't know if you guys have kids, but it's it's hard just to be a human being right now. And so I feel for all of us pregnant right now. So Oh, congratulations. That's amazing. But yeah, like speaking of tired, I'm so tired. And I mean, I know everyone is tired and Ambie Ambie has three kids. So um, she's also tired. (laughs) But but yeah, and I think I think that's also a huge thing that's coming up as well, though, is like Because I think what's becoming apparent now more than ever is how we've been living in a system that's just been asking us to like ignore our health, ignore our uh, mental state, ignore our energy, ignore, just ignore everything. Ignore and just, the environment. Ignore yeah, everything. just ignore everything right. and pretend everything's fine and just go make money. And it's like, for what? Like, for why? <laughs> and right. I think that's a really important, I think this, like, whenever... <laughs> Whenever like a new virus comes up or a new whatever comes up, I'm just like, 
okay, and why is this happening? And then I think to myself, well, it's just really making it really loud and clear, like, if you're not going to prioritize your health and yourself, then um, you're you're not going to be able to really do the thing anyway. You know what I mean? Like, if you're not going to, like, set boundaries or take the space you need or slow down, like, that's what I think that we're all being pushed to do is really reconsider, like, what matters and um, reconsider the type of life that we have been conditioned to believe that we're supposed to live rather than the life that is best for us all to live. Um, so what's what's your perspective on that with, like, all of these just, like, we're, you know, all the viruses and and all the things that are coming up that are making us so physically exhausted and emotionally exhausted and scared because you brought up fear before. Well, a fear is a big way on how control happens, right? But I think, in my opinion, what's happening is that if you are around 30, 30 to 40, right? You've grown up in the age of constantly being in fear because of news, because of TV, because of things like that. And me personally, I've noticed that people are kind of numb to it now. Right. We're, we're leaning towards a numbing of, yeah, it's another virus or yeah, it's another thing or yeah, it's another shooting where we shouldn't be this numb right. to what is actually happening. But it's so um, normalized now that we have to do something about it. But I think everybody's kind of like, what are we gonna do? Right. I think that the system is set up to keep people exhausted and keep Mm -hmm. people entertained and the focus Mm -hmm. on that entertainment in order to keep allowing corporations to rule this world which they truly do and so um i don't know if you both like have your own business you know that that you run um as a business owner what i know like i know like i know is that it takes like remember um seeing a huge clock like um big ben in london they've got all of those gears right on the inside and all of those gears turn it takes a lot to get systems in place systems right. going and um the systems don't just shut down and new systems are created it takes a while to get that done but i believe that a lot of this is stemming from corporate greed Mm-hmm. corporations that are not willing because their profits are where they want them to be their shareholders are happy they're not willing to make these big changes if they were willing to make these big changes they would have done it 25 years ago right. if we continue to not hold them accountable they're not going to make these changes for another 25 50 years so how do you change these big gears and these big systems, it has to come down to all of us being on board with making sure that these companies go in a different direction by putting our dollars, you know, 
in the way that we want to see them. Um, like I'm thinking, you know, my husband's probably going to need a new car within the next year. What kind of car are we going to get? Do you get one of these bigger SUVs, you know, for Chicago winters? Or do you get something that's good for the environment? You know, we have all of these different choices that we can make. And as we choose we push things to go in the right direction. Um, the other big thing that keeps coming up is that we need one another. Like um, lock and key, the angels keep saying that we can't do this with one without one another. We've been siloed from one another for so long that we have to come together more. We have to share more. We have to share more of the secrets uh, within us. And doing so is going to expand everything so much faster. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's kind of like the magic of um, TikTok, for example, right now is like everyone is really, especially ever since um, wrote, I mean, it's always kind of been a storytelling app. But I feel like ever since Roe v. Wade, I'm just seeing so many marginalized people, like women, people of color, coming out and just telling their story and really sharing their story in a way that people can viscerally see and understand like what they're, they've been through and what's really going on, rather than just hearing it through like a third party or hearing yeah. just a story about it. Really seeing the way that people are treated, really seeing the way that people are struggling and hurting. And um, and I think it's it's kind of, I mean, it's amazing that we have an app like this that makes it so easy to tell a story. Now, that being said, you know, everything has <laughs> power and it also can be very destructive. <laughs> like social media right. can be very destructive. Um, but I, I think that um, – that is a way that people are starting to come together in sharing their stories, sharing their vulnerabilities, sharing how they've been hurt or abused or taken advantage of. Um, and other people are able to come to their aid in support. Um, and I was thinking earlier when you were talking about the corporations, <coughs> Julie, I was like, <laughs> it's well, first of all, you were talking about how we were were being kept kind of in fear. We're being kept like afraid and also like entertained at the same time. And I was like, wow, that's really interesting because every time something crazy happens, like something that makes everyone so afraid, it's always these corporations with someone on their Twitter account who's like making a comment about it. Like, can you believe this, guys? Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And it's kind of funny because we're all like trying to laugh through the pain. But it's like they're, the corporation is trying to be like, right, guys, we're just one of you. And it's like, wait a minute. No, you're not. No. And um, my friend who's a comedian, he just did a bit about this. I just shared it in my story yesterday. But he was like, he's like, I really get so annoyed when these corporations try to be like, you know, woke and try to like jump on the bandwagon like Nike's like stop Asian hate. And then he's like. And then, like, meanwhile, it's like they're at their factories and there's, like, Chinese children who are, like, weaving shoes together and they're, like, faster, just do it. You know what I mean? Like, like yeah. this was his joke, but, like, commentary on just how 
how on one on the front facing side we hear and we see something, but on the back end we're completely ignoring what's going on on the back end. You know what I mean? Right. So, but I also think that with that being said, there are companies like you said the good and the bad, right? But like yes. there are companies that have come out and said, "Hey, you want to know like where these dollars are going? This is where the corporations are spending their dollars. This is what they're voting for." So I think that that that's a good thing to like having more transparency. And I feel like that is like Julie said, there are systems in place. And I feel like where you were going with that, I don't want to put words in your mouth, is like the systems have to kind of collapse or crumble in order for new systems to come into place. And with that needs to be visibility. We need to have more transparency on what is actually going on beneath the surface. And I feel like that is the great awakening that people are talking about. It's not like spirituality has been around for thousands of years, but sorry, I have two sick kids and they're both at oh, my door. Um, but you can go to them. Um, well, it's not one stuck Plato up his nose. So he's not like sick. sick. <laughs> um, and the other one is having some like uh, internal stuff going on. So she's okay too. Um, but yeah, they're just playing with the thermometer and letting me know what the temperature of everything is in the house. I digress, not the point. Um, but yes, yeah, so I think that that is like this great awakening is people waking up to what is actually going on in our society, what is actually happening and saying, I don't want to participate in this anymore. And we need to change things that happen. Um, have I would love to know if the angels have said anything about the systems at play or like um, anything about how change is going to happen in the future. So a couple of things come to mind. Um, the very first one is during like before COVID, about a year before COVID, um, I haven't told anybody this. Uh, this is exciting. <laughs> Um, people like people would come in for sessions and what happens is I work with over like a thousand people one-on-one -on -one each year and mm. you start to see common lines of energy, common messages coming through and the angels were, were coming in and it was especially the seraphim saying there's going to be a point at which they're lining people up. So you might not be president or CEO, but you might be director or you might be vice president. President. And they're putting you in specific positions so that all at once, like with the snap of a finger, they can launch everybody in all these different companies around the world up to where they need to be. And then the very next year, COVID hit. Mm -hmm. um, and you saw a lot of that starting to shift. Um, the other thing that comes to mind to tell everybody in this, the angels bringing it through is it's hard to admit, but my, my family always talks about my great grandma who did pass young, but was always very much doom and gloom. Like the end of yeah. the world is on the way, yeah. you know, um, Armageddon is coming. She was just like, so doom and gloom. And anytime my egoic mind wants to go there of like, oh shit, like if we don't get this together, it's going to take a bigger calamity to bring mm -hmm. us all back to center with one another. Um, spirit goes, but we're all still going to be here. 
Like every, we have to keep telling ourselves we're all still going to be here 50 years from now, a hundred years from now, 300 years from now, humanity is still going to be here. What that here looks like in the future is determined by where we are at this crisis moment right here, right now. Um, The other thing that the angels have been saying a lot of is, um, so I don't know if it's okay to get political. I mean, I I have my own, um, I think what people don't realize is that if you go back and look at 2008 when the old financial collapse happened and there was this Tea Party movement that was coming through, the Koch brothers, have you ever heard of them, the Koch brothers? Mm-hmm. I have. Uh, but is they, it, are they related to Coca-Cola? No. I don't know what they do. It's a different spelling. It's okay. a different spelling. They're just kind of financiers, and okay. one of them passed away. So they started, and they actually had this manual that they really got out to grassroots efforts. And this manual said, go in and infiltrate everything and in the government at the smallest level. So city boards, um, co- like community college boards, all of these different positions and work it up so that those people rise higher within the governmental system so that those people come into then the state positions in local government and such. And it actually worked, right? And that movement ended up creating an opening for what we're seeing with the polarization today. But if you look at, and I don't believe in their movement whatsoever, I think it was absolutely wrong, but why it worked is that they were very, very focused. And if you go into any type of, I'm in these really big groups right now, of some of like the best entrepreneurs in the city of Chicago. City of Chicago is a pretty big city. Um, Every single one of them will tell you the way to get success in anything you do is to remain laser focused, right? And it is that focus that created this opening for what we're seeing today. Mm -hmm. If you look at the number of issues that we have out there, and it's hard to say this, but how do you prioritize all of the issues that are out there? There Mm -hmm. is no focus. You look at a company that is like, here and here and here. They're just like all over the place. A business person will come in and say, this company is not going to be successful. They're not focused. They're not driven. And they're not headed in one direction. They're headed in all the directions. Yeah. The angels are very clear that unless we get focused and maybe we have three to five priorities at a time, but we have to come up with the manual that's mm-hmm. going to um, create more drive and focus and direction all in one way that we want to go. But when you look at how many issues there are within the world, we're really not willing to come together and prioritize and focus. And I think that that's a huge, huge issue right now Um, because we can't do all of the things well. 100%. I I could not agree with that more. Actually, I think that 
one of the things, well, a couple of the things that you talk about as far as like the focus and also the longevity, right? Like this was not something that was overnight overturned. Right. This was a long, long waiting period that they had. And so I feel like absolutely other people that want to change the system from within or want to change the system in a uh, positive way. One, we need to come up with what is positive. What is the outcome that we want to have? Like you said, and we need to be prepared to be laser focused, like you said, for a long time, for a longer period, because I do think that you can get overwhelmed with how many things are going wrong. Right. Um, And it's dilution, right? It's dilution. So you have one side here who's all in. And I don't know what the the other opposite word of diluted is, um, but they're one. Um, Oversaturated, I think, is diluted, right? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, But they're one collective force all together headed in the right direction. All of the rest of us are diluted all over the place. Until we correct that, we're not going to see the change that we want. But but my question is, like, so how – if that's something that the angels are saying, which I agree as well, 100%, it feels so overwhelming to think about how to get things right because it just feels like so many things going wrong. Um, how do we get that focus? Like what are the steps there? Or do yeah. Are there any suggestions from them? Alex and I are like, please tell us. What yeah, tell me this. <laughs> <Go ahead. laughs> um. It is, I think, coming up with the priorities and the manual to drive this forward. And Mm -hmm. that, if you look at how it was done before, came from money, right? Like money drove it. And so there are good corporations out there that want to create change the government has now given these corporations a voice, right? Like they are human beings. They have to come together and they mm-hmm. there has to be some uh, higher force, right? Like you and I are doing the work that we're called here to do in this capacity. We can't do both things. There have to be people who are leading this effort, leading this charge. And I don't think that all of us are going to agree on everything. Like some of us are going to be like, wait, those weren't my three to five priorities. Like I wanted these ones. And there's going to have to be a little bit of give and take. And we're all going to have to be okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. I think that's beautifully said. Can I ask a fun question? Totally. Yes. Okay. Shifting, (laughs) shifting topics. What um, do you see any angels here today with Alexa or I? Oh, um, you know, and if not, that's totally fine. No, one thing was coming through before Alexa. Um, is your grandma on the other side? Because there's this grandma energy that's just so close to you. Um, she keeps showing me to this vision of you being a little girl, like you spent a lot of time with her as a little girl. And Know that on the other side, our loved ones, they cherish those memories even from the other side, just like we do. And what she shows me is as a little girl, you really loved her essence, like just the essence of who she was. Like she had this beautiful, radiant spirit. And I 
I feel like you admired it. You looked up to it like you kind of wanted to be that. And she goes, I'm so proud of you because everything that you've wanted to achieve and more you have. And um, she said, and sky's the limit. Like you're just going to keep going in that direction. So she's just so proud of the soul that you are and the work that you're doing. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. That is so consistent with any time anyone has like picked up on her. Literally exactly what she always says, I'm so proud of you. And and actually it's interesting because she's – in the past when she would come through years ago, Ambrosia thought I was going to have a baby years ago. And back then she would always come through and she was always talking about the baby, like this baby, this baby. So I've always really connected her as well to like this baby coming through. Um, But yeah, everything you just said resonates so much and that's really sweet. Thank you so much for that message. Yeah. Um, Ambrosia, um, you uh, have a partner that you're with? Yes. Yeah, I do. That partner – your spirit team is also saying they need your help. They do not work with their egoic mind thoughts the same way that you do. And they need your help because they're supposed to be headed into like there's an opening in your partner's energy field coming up. This is in their career path where they're going to be stepping into a bigger role. But there's a lot of self-doubt within them of how do I actually, we have to believe in ourselves in order mm-hmm. to step into these roles. And there's um, a lot of energy on your spirit team where you're helping your partner kind of work through some of this. And it's going to happen. Like they're going to step into this next position. They're going to be awesome at it. Um, do you, you have a lot to say. Ambrosia. You have, I do have a lot to say. You yes. have a lot. I'm very, yes, I, I'm very vocal. Yeah. Because Archangel Gabrielle just came through next to you and she said too that um, you know that you're going to write the book one day, but it feels like Mount Everest to you right now. And she said, it won't always feel like that. You have to look at your life more like a book and there's different chapters of the book and you're in a very intense, <laughs> intensive period <laughs> chapter within your book right now. But she said the energy is going to clear within the next three to five years where it's going to feel very, very vastly different. I know. I'm sorry. Three to five years. (laughs) Months. Okay. Cool. I'm sorry. Um, But um, just like – it's going to feel vastly different. You have to go through this phase because actually everything that you're going to be writing about, you're in the thick of it right now. Okay. Yeah. So okay. pay close attention to this phase. Take notes. Makes sense. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. we have to like marinate in the energy. We have to be in the life like lesson yeah. of it. And um, 
it's not like you can't do like writing right now and be coming out with some stuff, but it's almost like with that, that three year mark, there's this huge aha moment. There's this huge shift of energy and you keep, um, your angels keep saying that you're trying to get to this point of just ease, right? Like just living with the ease, embodying the ease within your physical body, um, being in the ease all the time. And they're like, that's on its way to you. That's good. That's and nice. I actually feel like you're going to be a leader showing other people how to get to that on a very big scale. Um, there's a couple of lessons in here. And when I say heavy, it feels heavy to me right now. Like the energy, the energy. It is heavy right now. It's You're yeah. right. It's heavy. The listeners know yeah. what's going on. So this yeah. last year, I, I've decided to divorce my ex-husband. Um, I came out as gay. And so it's, it's a whole, it's a lot. It's a heavy yeah. situation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm so proud of you though. Like that Thanks. you're, you're where you're at. Is it amicable? Cause it feels like it's amicable now. It wasn't in the beginning, but it's, it's, um, shifting in that direction. Yeah. Yeah. You're supposed to remain in one another's lives and there is going to be a strong friendship there. Nothing, you know, romantic whatsoever. Um, I'm by myself and I didn't come out until like the last couple of years. Um, mostly because I don't know when you guys grew up. I graduated from high school in 2000, but guys were just so gross back then where <laughs> like they just wanted you to make out with one another. And I was like, fuck this shit. You know, yeah, like yeah. it's not happening whatsoever. Like my personal life is my personal life. And I just didn't want that to be on display for anybody. And so I felt a little cagey about it back then. But I... I wish we would have grown up in a period that just allowed us to explore yeah. who we were and be who we were more. hundred percent. I mean, I talk about it all the time. I think there's now um, it's so beautiful because children have representation. Representation is so important when I was, so we're around the same age. I graduated in 2002. Yeah. So when I went to high school, there was one gay female woman in my school. She was a teacher and I wasn't attracted to her. So I thought I wasn't gay. I wasn't a lesbian because I wasn't attracted to the one lesbian in the school. Little did I know um, that's not how it works. And not everybody makes out with their girlfriends all the time. Um, so that was a fun uh, roller coaster ride that spirit put me on this year. Actually what happened. So I'm a psychic medium. And what happened was I was giving a reading to someone and I saw her and I together and I was like, what is happening? And um, it just kind of exploded from there. It was very fast, very, very quick. Yeah. But so beautiful. So beautiful. Yeah. So freeing to you to just get to live the truest expression of your soul. Absolutely. Absolutely. And she's, and also while doing so, she's like inspired a movement. Literally. So many women have come to me and been like, so I've left my husband. And I'm like, what are you doing? What are we doing? All? I didn't encourage this. I don't, I'm not promoting this to anybody. Like I'm not. And it's, it's interesting because like, 
I think if we're going to talk about this, let's talk about it. I think that there is not enough um, accountability and there's not enough um, expectations for men in a household, like in a husband capacity, it is normalized that they don't do a whole lot. It's normalized that we take care of them. It's like all of these things are very normalized. And so when a woman stands up and says, I don't want to be your mom anymore. I don't like this role that I'm participating in. And I would like to not participate any longer. I think other women start to look around and go, wait a minute. I don't we have to do that. Yeah, we can do that. And so a lot of women have come to me, literally five, just off the top of my head, have come to me and been like, I left my relationship, my partner, et cetera, because they weren't pulling their weight. And part of me is like, good for you. Like, fuck him. Like they need to pull their weight, right? Whether it's straight or gay, it doesn't matter. Your partner needs to pull their weight. And also it's a rough road. And also there's a lot of heartbreak that happens and a lot of hurt that happens that I think that people underestimate as well, because yes, my ex and I are at Aminapool right now, but it is sad. It is it, because it's that expectation or perception of what could have been is gone, completely gone. And I definitely do not want him back in a romantic sense, but it is, um, it is sad. Yeah. A hundred percent. So, um, I might challenge this just a little bit. Um, I am the most ADHD stubborn human being on the face of this earth. Um, and I, if I showed you like the desktop that I am working with over (laughs) the office over there, you'd be like, Oh my God, Julie have like laundry bins full of papers and notes. Um, it's nuts. Uh, my husband is like the person who cooks and I go get the groceries, but he does all of the dishes and he is the most OCD obsessive clean person. Mm. I finally had to get him a Roomba. Um, I didn't get the Roomba brand. I got a different one because all the Amazon reviews said it was too loud, but got this like cheap $300 one that is the best on Amazon. And finally, he is not sweeping the floors and mopping the floors every single night because for the past like 14 years, every single night before we can sit down to watch TV, he has to do it. Um, He like keeps the laundry going, but then he dumps it all over on the couch for me to fold it. Yeah. But you know what I will say too? Um, It takes so much time. I don't know a man out there who has ever done Christmas, right? Uh, How much time does that take? That takes freaking forever and usually if you have children listening to this stop stop playing this um (laughs) i am usually up until three in the morning on christmas eve making the magic happen you know what i mean and i like it it's not something that i complain about it's not something that i don't want to do because i know my kids are of a certain age and i only have so many christmases left right Right. but i think about it too hard i will cry so it's, it's something I enjoy, but it's never offered. Help is never offered. Nope. Right. And when I did it last year by myself, there was no difference. Oh yeah. And that's the, the, I think the really like discovering 
okay, why did we fall apart? Because honestly, with being with being gay, I feel like I could have just kind of, I was in the closet for 35 years. I could have stayed in the closet longer, right? It was the uneven partnership that I couldn't handle any longer. Yeah. And I feel like with that being said, when I've noticed that whenever there was an argument, um, he just paid for it to go away, which yeah. was nice because now I, I have to deal with those things, but like <laughs> mowing the lawn, doing chores around the house, doing things like that. We'll just hire people to handle these things. And then we won't ever have to argue. So it's- so it's interesting. Like my husband and I went to counseling and it was for uh, kind of the reason in the opposite boat. Like I was the one that was just messy and a disaster and he's <laughs> the clean one. Um, yeah. But at the same time, we also went because um, he didn't really have a mom growing up. His older sister was mom and he'd come home from work and like, if it was a rough day, call her instead of talking to me. And if we were going to redo something in the house, like um, redo a room, he'd be like calling his sister to ask yeah. how thing we should like decorate it. I'm like, hold the phone. This is my <laughs> home. Yeah. So yeah. I needed us to be on the same page with like, I'm the priority in your life. Like I'm the woman in your life. And we went to one counselor who was horrific, made it all out to be my ADHD, told him that if I didn't have ADHD, everything would be completely fine between us. Wow. We oh, ended wow. up going to another counselor and he later admitted that he only went to this counselor because he thought that this man would say the same thing that the first woman counselor <laughs> did. But we ended up going to this gentleman and this is way back in the day before Dr. Amen was really popular like he is now, but I follow him all the time on Instagram. Dr. Amen came into the therapeutic industry and really started to show brain scans, like what a person's brain looks like before they go into therapy, what it looks like afterwards. Mm -hmm. And he's done all this research on the brain. And what Dr. Amen says and this counselor taught us is that almost 100% of the time, two people who come into a relationship, that term opposites attract is more so about the brain type. So one person is more on the ADHD spectrum. One person is very neurotypical. Mm -hmm. And a person who's neurotypical cannot think about other things, they have to really, they have a very singular focus. Um, the person who is ADHD is all over the place within their own head. And it's very exhausting within your own mind to have it. So he teaches people how to come back together as these two different brain types. And I will say, I think the reason that our marriage survived is because my husband was willing to put in the work on himself yeah. and grow himself personally. Um, but I am so sorry, um, Ambrosia. I, uh, I'm exactly like your husband. I'll be like, no. <laughs> I can hire a person to mow the lawn or like get the person <laughs> in to like do the toilets. Like, I'm not going to sit there and do it, but that's just me. And I, I, 
have found comfort in myself because I used to think like, well, I'm just a terrible woman because I just don't like to do these things. But I think that there's so many women out there who do have more ADHD and still are having these conflicts, you know, with absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that I don't want anybody out there to hear this and think like it was because he wasn't doing chores, right? Because there was a lot more dynamic there. But yeah, I think that if that there does need to be an equal partnership, and it sounds like there's an equal partnership in your marriage. um, And there's more of I feel like if both people feel seen and heard, that's a bigger um, a completeness and a bigger um, feeling of comfort than if someone doesn't feel heard, if someone doesn't feel seen, and they're communicating that over and over and over in various ways. Yeah. And the women that have come to me as of late have all been in heteronormative relationships and have said, my partner is not um, holding up their end or they, I don't yeah. feel heard or seen. So yeah. that's 100%. That's just why. Yeah. 100%. But it's not all guys and it's it's not all women either. So yeah. yeah. I I have oh. the exact same thing as you, Julie. I'm the mess. I am the mess. <laughs> My husband is the OCD. Well, actually, I literally have OCD. I was diagnosed this year, but he's the like – Everything has a place and everything should be done this way. And so I'm like, so you, so then you do it. Cause like, I'm not going to do it. Cause I'm never going to do it yeah. right. So, and I don't yes. want to. So. Yes. You know, that's where we started out in our marriage too. Like I would, you know, put the dishes in the dishwasher and then he's like, you're not yeah, yeah. Dishwasher right. And I'm like, there's a way to yeah, do there it. There is a right way to do it guys. Yeah. Okay. There is a right way to do <laughs> it. There's theory and strategy. My husband just, uh, just launched a new strategy to the dishwasher and you better get on board because (laughs) yeah you can't overload the top one and then that it all has to like oh yeah I'm I am like that for sure I like to have my cups in a certain way okay let's get back on track and go over handles and how people can connect to Julie oh yes yes yes, we don't need to worry about the dishwasher (laughs) go ahead Well, Julie, well, it's I was- so funny. Like in my life too, my best friend lives uh like down the street and we're complete opposites too. So every time we go on a walk and she's like ranting and raving about her husband not doing this, I'm like, oh shit, I better get my <laughs> shit home. And then she like hears stuff about how I get frustrated and she's like, oh, okay. So that's really what my husband is thinking. But I love when people bring us together in different ways where we can see different points of views yeah I think Ambie and I have served that purpose for each other several times over the years of definitely because Ambie you're clearly the opposite it's so weird you're the opposite of me kind of in relationships yeah play more of the organized role but in business I play more of the organized role I just let you do it yeah we've we've talked about that like because honestly you have you I'm the idea person you're the person that seeks it out and I'm hands off. And it's the one role in my life that I get to like not have control and not be the mom for, you yeah. know? So yeah. it's yeah. nice. It is. It is. Relationships are so interesting. And um, Julie, it has been so nice to have you on. We'll have to have you on again because I I, I still want to get into like connecting with angels and, and all of that. But I'm sure that people, if they listen to your podcast and they also read your book, mm-hmm. that they can get yes. that information. So um, why don't you let everyone know how they can find you, how they can work with you, how they can get all the things from you? 
Yeah. So I've got the book and the podcast are both from like they have the same name, Angels and Awakening. Um, And then I have my Angel Reiki school where I teach people. um, They get three certifications all in one, but it's like four trainings all in one. So mediumship training, intuitive training, um, angel reading training and energy healing business 101 as well. So, yeah, that's fun. Awesome. That is fun. And how do they get that? What's your website or your Instagram? Oh, thank you. I'm so bad <laughs> at this. Um, the, the is my website, the angel medium. Um, or you can find me over on Instagram at angel podcast, but there's so many scammers now over oh, on. Oh goodness. Girl. Instagram is terrible. Five new ones a week. Same. I know. I'm nervous to even have people follow me at the same. Point. I'm like, there's no. I was going to tell you that Julie, I was going to be like, if we, if either one of us follows you, please just know we're it's, not asking you it's probably, to pay us anything. Yes. <laughs> no, everything goes through my website. I, I never like reach out to folks on Instagram, but if you reach out to me, I will obviously like reply back. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah. We will put just for everyone, if you didn't catch um, any of those websites or handles or anything, just go to the show notes when the audio version comes out and we'll have that in there. So you guys can just click and get in touch with Julie. And Julie, thank you so much for being here. We'll have to have you back on. Um, I'm sure we could talk for days. Um, (laughs) And thank you so much. Oh, thank you so much. I love the dynamic between the two of you and the work that you're doing in the world. So thank you for all that you do. Thank you. Thank you. you. As well. And uh, until next time, everybody. Keep on blooming. Bye. If you've enjoyed this podcast, we would love, love, love it if you would leave a rating and review on Apple iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. If you would like to get in touch for a reading with Ambie, an EFT session with Alexa, or just to say what up, you can email us at innerbloompodcast at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram and Facebook at innerbloompodcast. Podcast.